Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 13, 17 through 14, 4, called Divine Guidance and Protection. We're in Exodus 13. We're beginning at verse 17. Let's uh, pick it up together. Exodus 13, 17. Now, it came about when Pharaoh had led the people, let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way uh, of the land of the Philistines, Exodus 13, 17, even though it was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now, the logical way to lead Israel into the promised land, remember they had been in Egypt for 400 plus years, the next country to the north is Israel. And if they would have taken what's called the Via Maris, that's Via and then M-A-R-I-S, an ancient coastal highway, it would have taken them about two weeks to get into the promised land. But that's not the way they took. And the reason that they didn't go that way was that God knew that they were not ready to face war. And the Philistines were a very warring people and they would have come against the Israelites. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, why wouldn't God just deal with the Philistines and wipe them out like he wiped out Egypt? Well, part of it is because the Philistines really had done nothing to Israel. Remember that Egypt's sin had stacked over decades and even centuries against the people of God. It had stacked all the way to heaven. And God says in Genesis 15, even the sin of the Amorite had not yet been complete. God waits. There's a time for judgment to come. And remember, what happened in Egypt was divine retribution. So God wasn't going to just deal with the Philistines in the same way. And he knew that the people were not ready for war. Now, there's an application right here I want to make clear. Sometimes we, we get saved and we've been a Christian for six months and we think we got it all figured out, right? All right, I've been a Christian for six months, so I should be able to run a church now and take care of everything here. I'm 12 now, mom and dad, and I, you know, I got it all figured out. But God knows what we're ready for and what we're not ready for. And his ways are not our ways. And even though Israel marched like an army, they looked like an army, they marched out of Egypt organized, they were not an army. They were not ready to fight. And we need to be prepared to fight, but that's going to take time. You're going to grow in your faith. And as you grow in levels of spiritual maturity, you'll be more apt, more able to fight the spiritual battle. And we are in a spiritual battle. And the key is to put on the armor of God every single day. But remember, Israel was just learning. They were just coming out of Egypt. Egypt was all they had known for 400 plus years. And God knew that they weren't ready. So he led them the illogical way, at least according to human logic. The logical way was to go the way of the sea. That was the shortest way. But I will tell you, even though it was near and the shortest way, the shortest way is not always the best way. And it's certainly not always God's way. Amen? See, God knows what we need at a given time. And if you've ever... Maybe you're an insomniac and maybe you've uh, had some nights when you can't sleep well. There are a lot of commercials on late night television 
that will tell you the shortcut to just about everything for three easy payments of $19.99 for the rest of your life. You can make me rich and I'll show you how I became wealthy in real estate, in this and that. And we're like, oh. And you know, when you're lacking sleep, sometimes some of you have pulled the trigger, huh? Some of you have old VHS things. I bought some on memory stuff, you know? Any, anybody take the bite on the memory stuff? Anyway, never mind. I, I forgot what year it was when I, you did it, but anyway. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Do you believe that? And the path that he directs may not always seem logical to us. Anybody watching this would say, go up the coast and go into the promised land. But that's not the way that God had for them. They took the long way home. How many of you remember the song by Supertramp? This will date you, but it's dating me as well. So here's a few of the lines from the song. It's not a very deep song, and it's not a very edifying song. But here's one of the lines. It says, when your wife seems to think that you're part of the furniture, it's peculiar. She used to be so nice. (laughs) That's all I've got for you, because really... Sorry, we do have marriage counseling available if you, but I'll just say this. (laughs) Sometimes God takes us on a road that seems illogical to us, but he has a goal in mind. There's a way that seems right to a man or to a woman, but that way can lead you to death. Be careful in life with shortcuts, even spiritual shortcuts, because I will tell you, There are no shortcuts to becoming mature in Christ. Amen? There is work to be done. There's Bibles to be read. There's prayers to be prayed. There's worship to be given. There's the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. There's things that we do to honor the Lord, even when everything in us wants to go the other way. This is the way that God has for them. And so he knew what they were ready for, what they weren't ready for, And about a year later, turn to Numbers, which is just two books to write, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 14. This was proved out, Numbers 14, just to show you how fickle the people were. All the congregation, Numbers 14, 1, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. 14, 2 of Numbers. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword, 14.3. Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Back to Exodus It was in the people's hearts to be fickle. And I don't think it would surprise any of you to know, because I think we all wrestle with this, how fickle we can be and how easily we can be attracted to return back to our Egypt, in quotes. 
And what I mean by that is to go back to our old ways, to go back to slavery, to the old vices and the old things. And the the people of Israel did this on several occasions. And one of the things that they said is, well, at least in Egypt, we got to have a double-double on Friday with grilled onions. That's a loose translation right there. But they remembered, hey, Friday was burger day, man. And they gave us a side of onions with it. Yeah, but you have, you have scars on your back. You were a slave. You were doing the mud dance for the Pharaoh. Do you remember how many times you cried out for freedom? Yeah, but, you know, yeah. But uh, Egypt, we, we could have a steak and, you know. And we remember the good old days of our sin. Here's the problem. There weren't any good old days. Or the enemy will get you to focus on a few snapshots of fun and get you to forget the aftermath of the decisions that you made and the fallout that probably is still with many of us to this day. Be careful, because our hearts can often be pulled back to Egypt. And that's what happened with the people. And there is certainly a spiritual lesson for us. Now, the word repent in the Bible is an interesting word. In Greek, it's metanoia, change of mind, change of heart. In Hebrew, it's the word shuv. If you're taking notes, it's S-H-O-O-V. And shuv, if you look it up in the Hebrew picture language, it's a really neat image. It means to destroy the house. Let me explain. In the ancient world, when an army would come in and uh, they would win a war, they would take captives of war and they would march them up often to the brow of a hill. And they would have them look back on their homeland and they would burn their entire homeland. As if to say, you are our captives of war and there is nothing left for you to go back to. We're burning it all. So don't have in your mind they're coming back to a, a homeland. This is why the enemies of Israel even destroyed their temple. Don't think you have anything to come back to. And this is the word repent. Now please hear this well. When you truly repent of sin in your life, you burn the house, you destroy the stuff so that there's nothing to go back to. How many times in our lives have we said, oh Lord, deliver me from Egypt, deliver me from the taskmasters, deliver me from my slavery to sin, only to leave the stuff of Egypt behind so that we can easily go back to it. Now you can make your own application here, but I think you can see the point. And I think part of what God is doing here when he devastates the whole Egyptian army is to say to Israel, you have nothing to go back to. In fact, remember, those of you who have been with us, in Exodus 10, I believe, Egypt was already ruined. What were they going back to? Egypt was devastated, destroyed, humbled. And sometimes, you know, we don't see the world that way. Our world is reeling right now. We watch people Give us an answer, then change the answer. And we're like, who do you listen to? What do you believe anymore? And God's message to the people of Israel is, I'm leading you out, and Egypt is not even going to be an option. And why would it be an option? Haven't you seen what I did to the Egyptians? But we can be so fickle in our hearts, right? So apt to uh, remember the snapshots of the good old days and be tempted to return. Keep in mind that 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 13, Paul, if you're taking notes, writes that we should learn 
from the wilderness wanderings of Israel. That's for the New Testament church, 1 Corinthians 10, especially verse 6. We're to learn from their mistakes. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak to you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking at all, but you could use some prayer, call Walk in Truth on Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Once again, 844-48-TRUTH. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. But we can be so fickle in our hearts, right? So apt to uh, remember the snapshots of the good old days and be tempted to return. Keep in mind that 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 13, Paul, if you're taking notes, writes that we should learn from the wilderness wanderings of Israel. That's for the New Testament church, 1 Corinthians 10, especially verse 6. We're to learn from their mistakes. And God led them out through a different way. He led them, 18, hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. Some of you who have studied this have heard the debate that some people say this is the Reed Sea. I don't think there's any good evidence for that. I think this is the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array. They marched like an army, but they weren't ready to fight, and they went up from the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he, that's Joseph, had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God shall surely take care of you. This is a prophecy from Joseph. God's going to take care of you. And this is about 200 years before all of this occurred. And you shall carry my bones from here with you. I'm just going to park here and quickly comment on this. If you want more on this, you can read the end of Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph is getting ready to die, he has a request of his people. He knew that eventually they would lead, God would lead them into the promised land, and he wanted his bones to be moved there, and this would be a couple centuries later. And you might ask, well, why would Joseph do that? Let's just quickly talk about Joseph. Joseph got sold into slavery by his jealous brothers, ends up in Egypt. He's in slavery, but through a series of events that many of you are familiar with, Joseph rises up to be a leader in Egypt, and he actually is a hero in Egypt. Because he saved the people from famine. He had insight from God as to what they should do. And he was a national hero. And of course, he was really a savior figure also for the people of Israel. Preserving the nation as they went down in a time of famine to Egypt. That's how they ended up there. But Joseph knew that Egypt was not his home. And so even his bones he wanted carried into the promised land. And if you're interested, write down Joshua 24, 32. Because Joshua is the one that finally buries his bones in the promised land. Anticipating what, brethren? The resurrection. See, the Jewish people believed in the resurrection. And we believe in the resurrection, amen? We believe that we're going to rise again and inherit the promises. And if you've ever gotten a chance to go to Israel on the Mount of Olives, when you're coming down towards the area of the Temple Mount, there's a huge cemetery there. And I'm told that people pay outrageous amounts of money to have their bodies laid to rest there on the slope of the Mount of Olives. And here's the thinking. When the Messiah returns and goes through the eastern gate and plants his feet on the Mount of Olives, if you're buried there, you'll be the first 
to get to see him, maybe even hug him. So people pay big money. But I will tell you this. There is a lesson to be learned for many in our culture who believe that death is the end and there's no resurrection. And the Jewish people teach us something about the preserving of the bones, ossuaries and things that get dug up all over the world because their treatment of the body, please please hear this, anticipates the resurrection. Now I'll say this. This is not an issue of salvation, but it is an issue of anticipation of what's ahead. Joseph believed that he would rise in a new body and enjoy the promised land, though he never got to really realize it for himself. And one day you're going to rise and your loved one who's passed before you is going to rise and they're going to get a new body and death will die in the resurrection. And Joseph believed that. And Jesus preached it. He said, because I live You will live also. I'm preparing a place for you. We're going to the promised land. Come on. Oh, never mind. Anyway, you're still stuck on I took the long way home. I I get it. Anyway. And so I just want you to see the promise here. And one day Jesus said, we will sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. And so they set out from Sukkot. That's verse 20. Exodus 13, camped in Etham. We don't know where these places uh, were in the ancient world, but we know Etham was on the edge of the wilderness, so this would be leaving inhabited Egypt. And the Lord was going before them. How, how were they led? Well, he was there, was the Lord, in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. And God did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, not only were they delivered with 10 mighty plagues, but the very presence of God was among the people, manifested in something that's been called the Shekinah glory of God. Scholars would call this the manifest presence of God. This appears throughout our Bibles, and often God's presence would descend on the tabernacle and the temple. And it would be a way that God would make himself, you could say, somewhat visible, although the full glory of God would not be on display because no one can see God in his full glory and live. Go all the way to Exodus uh, 40. This is the last verses of the book. I want you to see the faithfulness of God. He never departed from the people. He led them all the way through. It says, Exodus 40, 34, the cloud, the glory cloud covered the tent of meeting, Exodus 40, 34. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. God led them in the way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me and guides me and He leads me to the places that he wants me to be so that I can be refreshed and encouraged and blessed. And I can even do things for his namesake. 
And so the Lord led them. And you could think, well, maybe there were some practicals like having shade in the desert, the, the cloud and the fire, maybe for warmth. But the Bible doesn't specifically say that. It says the cloud led them. It was a visible way to say God wants us to go here or there. Here's an application for us. The Holy Spirit now lives in us, brethren. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be with you and then in you, John 14, 17. In 1 Peter 4, verse 14, Peter says that when you're being reviled, the Spirit of God, the glory of God rests upon you. And so that same power, that same light that led Israel by day and by night lives inside of you. You've been listening to Divine Guidance and Protection, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus thirteen seventeen through fourteen four. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love it if you joined us this Sunday morning for church service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Now you can do that whether you live in Southern California or not. We live stream our ten thirty a.m. service, but if you're in the area, we'd actually prefer if you can come in and fellowship. You can get service and live stream information when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. One of the beauties about our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is divine guidance and protection. Now the Lord said in Hebrews 13 that he would never leave us or forsake us. In Matthew 28, he said, I'll be with you always. And so the beautiful promises of the Lord's guidance and protection are wonderful. Paul put it this way, even as he was getting ready to meet his mortality, I know he will bring me safely home into his heavenly kingdom. We're coming up on the weekend and, you know, this this world can be a very unpredictable place, but there are some things that you can anchor your life to. A God who will faithfully lead you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I ask you, can you pray that confidently? Some of you recognize those are words from Psalm 23. And you can claim all the promises of Psalm 23, those of guidance and protection and nourishment, etc., being in the house of the Lord forever. If you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, then you can say, I shall not want. Then you can say, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, etc. Is he your shepherd? As we lead into a weekend, can I ask you, do you know the good shepherd? The good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. That's how much he loves you. He gave his life. He laid it down of his own accord. And in trusting in Jesus Christ, one image of him is to trust him as your shepherd, as your protector, as your guide, as the one who leads you and watches over you. You know, we just celebrated Christmas and we saw those shepherds watching over their flocks by night. When you become one of the Lord's sheep, he watches over you day and night. Do you know him? He is a prayer away. Ask him into your life today. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Sometimes I felt like I'm not even forgivable, but you're a God of forgiveness. You demonstrated that love for me at the cross, and I turn away from my sin, and I place my trust in you. 
I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. Pray if it, pray it if it's you. I believe you triumphed over death and made a way. And I'm going to trust in you for my salvation. Be my savior. Be my king. Be my God. Friend, if you prayed that prayer in the name of Jesus, uh, it's so wonderful to know that he will accept a prayer of faith. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. John 1, 12. If you just opened your heart, would you reach out to us at walkintruth.com? If you rededicated your life, if maybe that prayer reminds you of a time when you first gave your life to the Lord and you just want to celebrate or let us know how the program's impacting you, you can do all of the above at walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael Lance. As we walk through the book of Exodus, we'd encourage you to be praying. Thank you for all of you who support us and partner with us. We love you. Uh, Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Let them know that they can also catch these uh, programs via podcast on their favorite podcast platform. And all of that is available when you check out walkintruth.com. Well, here we come to the weekend. I pray you have a blessed one. And we'll see you either Sunday or right back here on Monday. God bless you. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. Or you can always give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 13, 17 through 14, 4, called Divine Guidance and Protection. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.